This podcast has some swearing in it. You've been warned. We're going to jump now into an amazing interview with Wallace Bird. Um, Wallace Bird is an Irish-born and Berlin-based musician, uh, and uh, she was talking with something about her brand new single, Aquarius, and her seventh album, Hands, which will be coming out on the 27th of May. We're really excited for you guys to hear that, so um, take it away, Sammy. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sammy. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin, and I'm joined by the iconic Wallace Bird here today. Uh, Wallace, thanks so much for joining the show. Well, thanks, Sammy. I'm iconic. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, of course. No pressure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess jumping right into it, uh, your new single, Aquarius, was just released on the 1st of April. Uh, how have you been feeling? The initial reception has been... I'm really, really happy. Uh, of course, I would have to say that to sound like things are going well, but for me, Sammy, I guess I've set myself up to enjoy everything and the, the pre-run up and the, all of doing the album, making the album, all of that was just so enjoyable that I can only help but be pretty pretty happy with where I am in life now. But uh, thankfully as well, as a, as a bonus, it's, it's gone lovely. I guess that if you put good intentions into the frequencies you're recording, everything's going to be okay, isn't it? It's like, um, you can't, can't really hide from that then. Yeah, that's good to hear. I feel like a lot of people get a bit nervous when it's like the first few days post-release because you don't really know how it's going to sit with people long term. So yeah, that's great to hear. I think it's probably because I'm down at album number seven. This is album number seven that I learned that what's important is to love everything around the record, not just the release. If you're a high achiever or if you're whatever, any kind of achiever and you're and you're waiting on results from the release. It can often be disconcerting because you don't win a Grammy immediately or you don't get invited to the Oscars or some kind of weird shit like that. But for me, the most important things, like I said there a minute ago, is genuinely to be enjoying what I'm doing with good people around me. And it's all about the environment and being proud of of what I've done so that it's kind of unquestionable when it's out there. And that's an age thing, an experience thing. It's also an environment thing and the people that I work with, um, I guess I'm not really working with yaysayers. I'm working with people who challenge me and uh, we trust what we're doing together. So it's a it's a give take beautiful process. And um, yeah, to elongate your answer there, your first question. It's a fucking good place. Yeah, I'm happy out. So I am, Sammy. Thanks. Yeah. I guess tying into that a bit, um, you shared a video on your socials showing how the track came together, which highly recommend mm-hmm. listeners check out at Wallace Bird Official. Yeah, it seems like a project you kind of returned to over many years and it had many different forms. And I guess for some people, yeah. projects like that can, you know, spend, you spend so long incubating it, you're never really sure when it's finished. So in that way, like, why do you feel like this one was ready to be shared now? Everything takes its time. I used to get angry when I couldn't see something through to the end, specifically a song. It used to frustrate me because I work so hard at songwriting and chipping away like a sculptor. Like I treat it, I treat it as a vocation and something to learn from all the time. So it was frustrating when I couldn't finish something, but I've realized that I'm just gathering for posterity. I'm gathering for the future, always, always gathering. And it's not about reaping what you sow immediately. It's a learning process. And if I'm playing to the gallery, then I'm only learning for the gallery. Whereas now I use this life as an experience to, if I learn a different instrument, it's just another way for me to express my actual voice or or my thoughts or something. It's all release of tension and spiritual harmony, I guess. I'm not um, 
a big talker of spiritual harmony things, but it's all very interconnected. I ran away from your question there. Jesus, why am I showing it now? Uh, well, it's a show and uh, I like to show. Um, I'm unafraid of being embarrassed about um, things that I show because I think showing the skeleton of your, well, showing your vulnerability is, there's something really fucking powerful about that. I've always enjoyed that in others because a fully fleshed out idea being shown to you, served to somebody, it doesn't serve for the person to learn from you, which is something that I'm deeply passionate about is showing by telling or teaching inspiring thought process in others yeah that's where i'm at i guess tying into that a bit as well um aquarius feels like it has a lot of personal and political elements that kind of tie together into this larger idea of control would you be able to speak on a bit of those themes for us thanks for for that that's it the song is absolutely about control so up I hate to even mention his name, but Mr. T-R-U-M-P. He made it very easy to be aggressive towards people. This to me was, and, and also he used the best words. So there was a couple of songs inspired by not just him, but his, the people in his lifestyle, the way they saw that they could say what they want when they wanted, regardless of who it hurt or who it murdered and what kind of uh, a lesion it left across the human psyche just found this really aggressive and fucking terrifying. So I was writing to kind of find some healing throughout it and trying to mark the fact that we have to be careful with how we speak with the words that we use because it's dangerous. And also we must romanticize this long life that we hope to lead. You know, time is short and words are deep and we have to be careful and take care of each other by being patient with our words, but mostly by listening. Now I'm I'm here talking a lot because you ask me a question, but I and I hate to be a big talker, but I usually in conversation I'm I'm not really talking that much. I prefer I'm on this journey of just shutting the fuck up and listening. But it's only because of that that I kind of forming my own controlled answers and what I want. And what I want is healthcare for basic fundamental rights for all universal health care. Uh, I want the value of a human to be seen on an international level, to be seen as something worthy of care and time. I want less ca capitalism, less consumerism. I want a return to uh, connection with what we're doing on this earth and the earth itself. So those are the things that I'm singing about at the moment, because those are the most pertinent. We're in not just social crisis, we're in an environmental crisis as well. And the two of them tie in with each other, I think, because the earth is one large ball of energy and uh, we're an organic body and uh, we really mirror each other. So uh, that's uh, that's what I'm singing about at the moment, that we should take care. Yeah, fantastic. Some of those themes will probably be dived into more and in different ways in your new album, Hands, coming out the 27th of May. Do you want to tell us a bit about that project? Um, Hands is uh, the obvious reason for calling the album Hands is because I'm missing a finger on my left hand. Uh, got, I fell under a lawnmower when I was 18 months. And uh, ever since then, it's just been this kind of very interesting physicality about me because I'm a guitar player missing a finger. It certainly helped me 
stubbornly become uh, the guitar player that I am, which is I play very hard, very fast, very complex, but it's affected me in so many other ways. I'm obsessed with other people's hands and handcraft and nonverbal communication, which is often through hands or through the paw or through the body. Or I'm also, I gave up drink a year and four months ago and I found myself staring at my fucking hands a lot, which was something interesting. Where that kind of stemmed from as well is uh, palm, palmistry and uh, cosmology, astrology, this idea of the ghost, that everything is not as as um, material and physical as it seems, you know, there's a lot of unspoken dark matter between us humans and this earth. And um, the idea of existentialism was, was huge on the cards because with the pandemic, I mean, I didn't know if I was going to live or there was death all around. And that was the one certainty was that it's not safe. And nothing will ever be as it was again. So, yeah, it was pretty interesting subjects to spring from, you know. And in the end, I gave up music for about a year. The first year of the pandemic, I gave up playing music. I said, um, OK, I need to stop. I need to find something else. I need to use my hands in a useful way rather than just music in a physically differently useful way. So I started making furniture. I bought a house which needs renovation and I'm setting up a retreat. So there's all these little little things and also okay long story short with the pandemic you couldn't shake hands you could it was hands off hands were super spreaders so it was this idea of connection between humans and between other vocations and healing and uh hands off we couldn't touch each other we couldn't even hug so um there's many many reasons behind the title hands there always is but i like to use very very short wordings and phrases for my titles because I like others to think I don't like to have to tell everything yeah I think it's important to to leave it open to your own perception yeah yeah wow so single title album but extremely multifaceted in what mm -hmm. it could mean yeah incredible yeah. um all right so I've got one main question left for you and there's a bit of preamble here so bear with me please um oh good uh, so yeah, I'd say all the singles from the album I've heard so far have all felt very unique, but um, they all have some themes that we've talked about earlier that kind of uh, bring them together. But also sonically, I found like synth was a surprising element that ties them all together. You've got the driving rhythm like in Aquarius or it's like more subtle ear candy in What's Wrong With Changing or very overt, like in Pretty Lies. I guess like synthesizers have a very close history with queer music as well. Like it's yeah. people like Wendy Carlos, who even had an influence on the creation of the sound with her time working at Moog. Um, so I guess like, I was curious as to how synth inspired or influenced the writing for you on this project. Um, these are lovely questions. Um, Thank you. <laughs> and also lovely insights. I, I, yeah, synth has been so important. That's fucking interesting. And I'm just wondering, my mind is going immediately to why is synth? I suppose there is something otherworldly and a little bit unmensch about synthesizer. It's a robot emulating a human. So I guess we would have had human feelings taken away from us in, I mean, gayness being so illegalized and shamed um for so long that we would have had to 
reach deeper into other facets maybe and to to explain our yeah that's a I'm gonna delve deep into that but um yeah what um I love synth because exactly like I say, it's nostalgic to me. It's very nostalgic to me. It also leads to a lot of energy expenditure, like a uh, synthesizer makes my heart pump very hard, uh, makes me want to fucking dance, makes me want to get out and dance. And I listen to a lot of, for example, Prodigy or, well, I listen to a lot of dance music and techno and I live in a city of it. And I find that it takes away text. It it doesn't tell you what to do. It just allows you to feel. And because of also because of the pandemic, I became aware of the fact that I wasn't using up about eight hours of cardio every day when I wasn't going on tour. And I found that it was making me very kind of fucking depressed, really. You know, I wasn't I didn't have sports to release and I didn't consider myself particularly that kind of person I you know, but I realized that I do need to to expel and release and just get lost in dancing so synthesizer became really important to me then I just wanted to get up dance shake my cobwebs off and not think about all of the feelings that I was feeling and rather just just express it through dance more so the main producer on the album Philip Milner is a synth fucking he's a maestro um he's he's his house is just covered in synths and it's a world separate to my own, which I'm deeply interested in. You know, I'm, I love instruments. To go over to his house and be in his environment, he lives in the country writing techno music, writing electro music. And this to me is a kind of, I find the countryside is something which is holistic and based for folk, whereas he lives a holistic, folky life, but he's writing fucking techno and electronica. And I found this was like, oh, Wallace, you can also marry many worlds together. They don't have to be separate of each other. So I used the opportunity to hand a lot over to him because this was a world that I was getting, uh, I was becoming a fly on the wall for. And this was, for me, something I never hand over production. I always have to, I rinse it until I'm dead. And um, it's oftentimes too controlling because I need to have this unnecessary need to learn and to... It's an ego to want to prove myself wrong and challenge myself and all the shit. And I want to, I want people to know that I'm good at production, good at engineering and all the shit that is sad, which is a facet of sexism, this need to prove myself. Well, with Philip, I just laid my armor down and I said, look, I love what you do. I love your sound. I really feel it deeply. It's the closest thing that anybody's ever done to something that I understand intrinsically. So I let him take over the production and it was so joyful. A synth based pop opus for me. It was just going into some dream world that I never thought I'd go to because I have obligations to be uh, the artist that I am. And I just went, I am also the other artist. <laughs> Long story short, it was eye opening and revealing. It was world revealing for me. And um, I can only go forward from that. It was really wonderful. Yeah, wow. It's uh, exciting to hear. And yeah, I love that. I find it comes up a lot with like electronic producers, that dichotomy that they are quite driven towards nature, mm. which, yeah, people wouldn't quite expect. Is that right? Yeah, particularly here, I, I find a lot of a lot of people that I'd consider like the most exciting kind of experimental electronic music makers just tend to be getting out of the cities and, and living more rural. Why do you think... What... 
why do you think that would be? I'm fascinated to know what you think. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess people would be driven to like, you know, their environments are inspiring their ideas mm. while like living in a space where, like you said, it's like the nature is very traditionally associated with like folk and maybe more acoustic music. It's like, um, people get really interesting ideas if they're inspired by nature, but working with tools that maybe aren't as based in nature. Mm. That'd be my thoughts about it, I guess. Yeah. I, I love what you, I love what you said about synth being so queer based. I, this, I had a friend of mine ask me, uh, last two nights ago, he said, queer, we're so normal now. Can we consider ourselves queer? What is the importance of of queerness now in um on in an unillegalized environment? What do you think our journey is now as queer people that are normalized? What do you think about that? Sorry, I'm uh, yeah, no worries. <laughs> flipping the interview on on me. All right. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting question. I guess, like, in terms of the whole community, it maybe isn't quite that yet. Like, you know, he here in Australia and in the US, there's lots of, like, anti-trans legislation uh, moving through the government. And, um, yeah, identities like that, I think, you know, it's not outright illegal, but it it's being silenced in schools and, like, traditional institutions. Um, so yeah. I think there's still a lot of um, space for like radical queer thought um well yeah thank god thank god it's uh well yeah thank god it's still loud and queer mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah well yeah thank you so much for joining us on the show um where can people find you online and follow what you're up to and i guess find out more about hands well i'm on tiktok i'm really enjoying tiktok it's starting to make sense now it's uh politically charged i love it so i'd say i'm going to go down that route for the next couple of years that would be my main protocol instagram was oh i was very interested in instagram for many many years facebook i don't really use anymore it's more kind of a side channel twitter i am not good enough for twitter i spend too much time thinking about things to to be, to be that concise so that's also reposting and then for tickets or merch or newsletters that's um through my website wallacebird.com yeah fantastic um anything else you'd like to add before you leave us here today have a lovely lovely day mind yourself and mind each other that's it all right well thank you so much for joining us from the other side of the world thanks, <laughs> thanks sammy enjoy your evening thanks a million for a lovely interview <laughs>